What is going on, guys? Welcome back to season two of the Epic Dad Legacy podcast. My name is Drew Camp, founder of the Epic Dad Company and host of the Epic Dad Legacy podcast. And I want to tell you guys how thrilled and excited I am to be back behind the microphone. I hope you are as excited to be listening as I am to be back on with you guys. Uh, the last two months have been a good building period for us to take a pause from the podcast, make sure that we've got our ducks lined up in a row, make sure that we have got our studio, uh, our, our audio, our editing, everything about the podcast as on point as it can be. And so we spent the last two months making sure that we are dialed in. And so it's been a long two months. Uh, I missed you guys. I'm, I'm excited to be back. And uh, I tell you what, um, my guest today is the perfect guest to kick off the next season of the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast. My guest today is none other than the Cody Jefferson. Cody is a father, entrepreneur, public speaker, life and business coach, and founder of Embrace the Lion. He is the creator of Roundtable, the number one group performance program for kingdom-minded men looking to live their legacy, legacy in life and business. And today we talk about how to unleash your potential as a man and father, identifying what needs to die inside of you every day to become the man you said you'd be. Uh, we talk about how to show up daily with intention and intensity and how to close the gap between the man you are today and the man you want to come. Now, Cody used to be a pastor for 13 years. And I tell you what, he was definitely behind the pulpit today. Uh, I think there's a few amens in there. Uh, and he was bringing the fire, telling us exactly what we need to hear to really bring our spirit to life and really identify who we want to be as a man, who we want to be as a husband, who we want to be as a father, and how we can call that into being every single day by asking ourselves the question, what needs to die today for me to become the man that I said I would be? And uh, I am super stoked to be kicking off season two of the Epic Dad Legacy podcast with Cody Jefferson. And uh, let's hop into the episode. Are you ready to become the dad you were meant to be? Good, because this is the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast, where imperfect actions are better than perfect ideas, promises kept are more important than promises made, and nothing happens unless you make it happen. My name is Drew, father of three, the founder of the Epic Dad Company. My mission is to help dads up their game and become the husbands, fathers, and men they're called to be. We need Epic Dads now more than ever. And it is your responsibility and obligation to become the best father you can be and show your kids what is possible. Listen in for weekly tips, strategies, and actions you can take to go from average dad to epic dad. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the episode. Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome back to the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast. Hey, I am super pumped for our guest today. Uh, I've been following this man for quite some time on social media. Love his message that he is bringing out to the world, really for you know not just not just dads, right, but men. Um, you know, and, and how can we really embrace the person that we are meant to be and called to be? Uh, that's going to ultimately impact us, going to impact our family, going to impact our our community, uh, and really help to create a better world. You know, and so I'm just completely 100 aligned with it. Super pumped to have you on, man, Cody Jefferson. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here, bud. It's good to be here. Yeah, brother. I know you're a busy man, so we'll we'll hop right in, man. But uh, for folks that don't know you, uh, Cody, would you mind giving a little bit of a, a recap of kind of what you're doing now? And then we'll, we'll kind of back up. I'd love to hear your story of, of how you got started. Sure. Yeah. So I've got a coaching company called Embrace the Lion, where we help good men become great, specifically kingdom-minded men in business. We have a, a mastermind that we've put together to to facilitate that it's called the round table. And so we've been doing that for about seven years now, uh, across the board, I've got about 4,200 men uh, that we walk with on a daily basis in various capacities. Some of those paid, some of those not paid on the backside of that. I also travel the country as a speaker and I sit on the board of a few companies in equity and points positions, helping grow and scale those companies towards an eventual exit. Yeah. So not, not a lot going on. Just a couple things. Just a couple yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, um, I tell you what, man, you, your round tip that you have, I mean, I almost signed up, you know, in, in prep yeah. for this. Like I, I just, you know, 
I looked at kind of your page, your video you had there, the message you're putting out, man, just gets me super fired up. And, and you know, it, it seems that you are trying to call men forward, like into their purpose, right? And guys that maybe are operating at a certain level, sure. uh, you know, maybe they have a peer group where they're kind of standing out, you know, to their peer group, but they know that there's something more there, right? right? They're, they're not finding fulfillment in, in whatever it is in work or family or whatever, um, you know, so, so it sounds like that's kind of the guys you're going after and you're really just trying to help them level up. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, guys look at my scenario and situation, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a very dedicated family man and I actually head up all of the dads for my, my son's school district. You know, I'm one of his coaches and every sport that he plays, um, really set a standard for what it is to be a family man and a father. And inside of that, then I also, you know, I sat on the board of a few companies. We're working towards a 25 company portfolio over the next two years. That's my, that's my target and I'll hit it. And so in, in the midst of all of that, I get asked more than anything is like, how, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you create that consistency? How do you create that competency? Um, how do you create the bandwidth at the capacity to be able to really operate at you know, full potential is a bit of a misnomer. That's a really good marketing tactic and a really good marketing <laughs> ploy, but th- no one can quantify your potential. So there's no way to reach your full potential, but you consistently can move the needle forward in creating competency and creating margin. And so that's a really big part of the conversation that I have with men who are operating maybe at say 60%. And for them, you know, most things come pretty easy. So we have the law of the lid where there's really no one around you pushing you. Everyone that you knew from high school, everyone that you knew in your community, everybody that you know in your Sunday morning church group, uh, they're good with how things are. Mm-hmm. And the conversation is, why can't you just be grateful for where things are? Well, for us, it's, it's not that you're not grateful. It's just that you know there's more, but there's no one really pushing you to drive towards that more. And so you live in this weird state of telling your kids they can be anything and do anything, but you're not. Yeah. And so we help men on a daily basis push the needle. We had a call this morning. We have a call. We have two calls every single week where we're really driving the needle forward in every area, you know, head, heart, health, and habits. Those are our four pillars. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're making a lot of money. If, if you're, if you're overweight and you can't play with your kids, you can't be present for them. It doesn't matter if you're ripped and in great shape, if your family is in shambles, mm-hmm. you know, and for us, we're all believers. We all believe the same thing. You know, I was a pastor for 13 years occupationally. Uh, I would say that I still am. I'm just not behind a pulpit anymore. And you'll hear that a lot in the way that I speak, in the way that I articulate um, that'll, that'll come through pretty prevalently. But yeah, that's the conversation is how do we help good men become great? How do we help them increase their capacity in every area of life? And financially, certainly that is at the forefront because people that say that money doesn't solve all your problems are broke uh, because money does solve most all of your problems. (laughs) And the more that we can make, the more options we have, the more generous we can be, the more that uh, we can create capacity margins to show up for the things that we love with the people that we love. Yeah, no, man. So I absolutely love it. Like I said, you know, completely in alignment with with your mission, your, your vision. Um, where, where are dads going wrong, man? I mean, you're, you're a father, right? You're a high performer. You know, we look around the community, right? And, and, you know, you may agree or, or, or disagree. I would probably assume that you agree, um, you know, that our culture is, is kind of gone to a, a, a weird place, right? Yeah. And, you know, when you really start to look at root cause, I think it all comes back to fathers in the home, right? Of like sure. you talked about being, being present, being intentional, being, you know, the inspiration for their children. So like, where are us as fathers going wrong right now, like in society? You know, that's a, it's a good question. And I wouldn't say that there's any one particular answer that's going to just hit the nail on the head. I think it's a multitude. It's a multifaceted conversation. One, I mean, we demonize traditional masculinity. Uh, We, I mean, to the point where we've had things so soft that we're looking for things to fight about. Like we fight about what's between our legs now. And so it's a very interesting proposition when you try to be a man in the home where mediocrity runs rampant. The status quo is mediocrity. And so to stand out and to be something different, to be something more, right? We celebrate soft, fat bodies and we demonize bodies that are in shape, mm-hmm. right? We, we want to push towards everybody having the same wage and we demonize, um, you know, moving forward financially and we demonize capitalism and those who work smarter, not necessarily harder, but work smarter. We, you know, have have come against the traditional nuclear family unit. 
And so there, there are all of these ways we've removed what I believe, you know, is, is truth and spirituality. We've removed that from school. We've removed that from the conversation of cultural, cultural, you know, ethics. And when you do all of those things, I mean, this is what we end up with. And so you have a culture and a society of men who, for all intents and purposes, have settled for mediocrity. Right? We settle for the dad bod. We settle for the mediocre salary. We settle for what mainstream media tells us. Okay, we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to offend people. We don't want to get canceled. We don't want to stand for anything. And when you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. Mm -hmm. And so we're here to, you know, we're not, it's not that we are against anyone. It's that I am for certain things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I am, I might be, I'm covered in tattoos, but I'm very, very conservative. Financially, I'm conservative. Uh, spiritually, I'm conservative uh, from a relationship uh, standpoint. And, um, you know, from a biology standpoint, I'm conservative. <laughs> and so I, I think when when you stand for something, you stand for anything, you create a polarity uh, by default, simply because, you know, I was I was in a conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday, who's a pastor. And uh, his and we're here in Oklahoma, and his daughter's out in California in university. And uh, the conversation was that kids can't say like that they're straight. It's offensive. Mm -hmm. Like it's easier to just say I'm, the conversation with her dad was, it's just easier for me to say that I'm, I'm bi, because if, if I say that, then like, then I'm accepted. And I don't, I don't have, like, I'm not, I'm not hurting anyone's feelings. And it's so interesting the things that like, we want to make concessions for, yeah. we're not able to stand in our truth. And so we're just here to stand in our truth. We're here to, we're here to raise amazing young men and young women. We're here to set the standard physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, in every area of life. Yeah. And, and it's so funny that you mentioned the kind of, you know, not wanting to offend anyone, right? And I feel like that that's really part of where we've gone wrong as a culture. Sure. Right? And that, that's kind of the slippery slope, right? Is how it starts. Yep. And, then, and then it just continues down, continues down from there. And I think one of the things, too, that's interesting to me, and I'd, I'd love to get your perspective, your dynamic of kind of how you grew up is like, I think it's it's very hard for guys right now because like you talked about it it's you know social media mainstream media etc is kind of degenerating masculinity um you know dubbed the term toxic masculinity right um and we just honestly don't know what it means to be a man right like we, we right. grew up our, our dad never really taught us never showed us yeah. what it was like didn't lead by example etc like that's nothing against you know the the prior generation you know sure. doing the best they can but I think a lot of us probably just never had that conversation intentionally with our fathers about like, okay, cool. What does it mean to be a man? Like, what am I supposed right. to be doing? Yeah. And we get all these external forces that, you know, pressure us to go in a certain direction. That's totally against that. It's totally opposite. So, you know, like, like there's, there's three pillars, well, really four pillars, I think that define, you know, what a man does. I'd love to get your, your take on it if you have something different. So, so one is, you know, a man accepts responsibility, right? Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, exactly. It's a responsibility for everything, right? Um, sure. You know, for his household, for his income, mm -hmm. you know, it's not reliant on on anyone else is looking to be sovereign. Yeah. Um, number two is he rejects passivity. And I sure. think that is really where we have gone wrong as a culture over the last 10 years is, you know, we don't want to offend anybody, right? And we, right. we don't want to stand up for our truth. And so because of that passivity, again, we, we've, we've hit that kind of downward, downward slide, right? And we're seeing the effects of that. Um, three, um, uh, what is it, man? Um, I should have these memorized by now. Uh, he leads courageously. A man leads sure. courageously. So he's a leader of the family, leader of the community, spiritual leader. Um, and then number yep. four is he, he expects the higher reward, which is ultimately, you know, in death, you know, our, our higher reward is going to be our eternal life with Jesus. Yep. Um, and so those are the four pillars that, that I love that, you know, I never had to find for me as a kid growing up. And I've kind of had to do a lot of research myself and, and really help define like what, what is a man? What does a man do? So would you agree with those statements? Would you add anything to those statements? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I, I would, I would add to those would be that a man's call is to protect. Mm -hmm. He's called to protect his family. And, you know, most men couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag at this point, mm -hmm. uh, let alone be not be winded in the process of doing so. Mm -hmm. And uh, a man is called to provide financially. I believe a man is called to lead his home. 
in every capacity. You are here to set the standard. And every day you're setting a standard. It might not be the one that you want to set, but you're setting a standard every day. One of the questions that that we ask ourselves inside of Embrace the Lion, uh, twofold. One is what needs to die in me to become the man that I said that I would be every day. Mm-hmm. And then two, would I follow me into battle? Am I the obvious choice? If things hit the fan around here, does my family trust me? Do they trust my leadership? Do they trust my discernment? Have I, have I set my home up in a way that we are sustained? Two, am I the obvious choice for this neighborhood? Things go, things go south. Mm-hmm. Are my neighbors coming to this house to say, Cody, what's the plan? Are my son's friends' families calling me? Am I the obvious choice? Right, so these are the conversations that we are wrestling with every single day of are we setting the standard? Are we the obvious choice of leadership? This is a reason that uh, I took on the responsibility of leading the dads inside of my son's school district. There was no one doing it. Mm-hmm. And being on the PTA as the only dad on the PTA, I recognized that, like this is a problem. And no one yeah. was mobilizing men and mobilizing dads. No one was leading them effectively. And so, you know, having full ac- access to our curriculum, having full access access to, um, you know, being able to be involved in the school system and to have those opportunities provided for them. Uh, again, I'm happy to, to carry that because somebody has to, mm. right? Yeah. If not, you know, no one. Yes. Yeah, nobody's gonna, you know, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's, you know, you see a piece of trash on the ground, right? It's not yours, but you pick it up anyway. That's you it. Know? That's mm. it. Um, so. yeah, I, I want to unpack a little bit on that, Cody. So, you know, I think fatherhood is synonymous with leadership. Sure. Um, and, you know, same thing with, with, with marriage, right. And, and relationships, yeah. you know, really everything yep. comes down to, to leadership. So, and you know, how, how do we foster that? How do we build that? Right. Because leadership is not, is not given it's earned. Like that, that's well, sure. know, said, right. So like, what are the things we're going to be doing to, to, to earn the trust to when, like you said, when shit hits the fan, right. Can my family trust me? Yeah. Uh, you know, to lead, lead yourself, yeah. lead yourself. Well, so many guys start barking about shit that they think that their kids should be doing while they don't do it themselves, right? Pushing their kids on the football field while you're 35 pounds overweight, barking about all the bullshit you did 20 years ago. What a joke you are, right? Talking about all the hard things you do in the morning. Oh, I went to the gym and I silenced the inner bitch. Imagine how soft you are, that that's the hardest part of your day. The hardest part of your day is paying gym dues and dragging your ass to the gym. Wow, you really accomplished something, dad. <laughs> No, it's fighting the internal battle every day of becoming the man that you know that you can be and setting that standard. I'm an athlete because Jeffersons are athletes. That's who I am. That's what we do, period. I push myself every single day. Why? Because I have the capacity, because God has given me the capacity, the awareness, and the responsibility. Imagine having legs that work and not working them. Imagine having uh, the mental capacity to build multi-seven and eight-figure organizations, yet you rest on a $50,000 salary because you're afraid, because nobody in your friend circle does it, because your dad never did it, and you're so afraid to go past what your parents ever did. Imagine, but yet telling your kid that they can be anything, right? Uh, Imagine. Imagine telling your son or your daughter how much they deserve while you treat your spouse like garbage and for granted. Imagine. So the greatest gift we give our kids is in nothing that we tell them and in everything that we do. Every day, you are setting a standard. Most men are too afraid and weak to confront who they could become because it requires a death inside of them that they are not willing to exchange for resurrection on the backside. But it is in the mess of that death that you find resurrection. It's the only way. It's the only way. But nobody wants to answer that question. But it's the greatest gift you give your kids. It's the greatest gift that you give your spouse. It's the greatest gift that you give yourself. It's the greatest gift that you give God is to give back what he's already given to you, which is your capacity and your ability. Dude, fucking amen, brother. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you had, had a few years behind the uh, pulpit, man. That is, whoo, that's getting me fired up, dude. Yeah. Um, no, man. So on that, like, it, it while you were talking, I was trying to think of, of a Bible verse. I think I think it's, it's in the gospel, maybe Luke, Matthew, maybe in all of them. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it's, in one it's, of them. Uh, it's in one of them, right? It's uh, but it's the parable about the um, the five talents, 
yeah. right? That, uh, sure. you know, God gave, you know, five talents to, to, to one person. He went out yeah. and he, he brought back five more, you yep. know, God rewarded him for that. Um, you know, and then he gave a talent to, to one man and he squandered it. Right. Yeah. Um, buried he, knew it. He, had, he knew he had this talent. Yeah. He buried it. He squandered it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, God would obviously punish him for that. Um, and it just makes me think of like the, the capability that we, we have, right. That we deep down, we know most of us, we can be doing more. Well, right? and this is, I feel like this is why men get depressed. You're not actually depressed. Like I, I don't buy that. I, I just don't. Um, what I buy is that you are so far out of alignment with who you could be mm-hmm. and you know it, you know, it in your soul, you know, you're a joke, you know, it. And that creates such a disconnect between where you're at and where you know that you could be. And so what do we do? We medicate, mm-hmm. we isolate, we blame, right? We create a victim narrative about why we are the way that we are. Blame our dads, we'll blame our moms, we'll blame society, we'll blame our boss, we'll blame some sort of medical condition, we'll blame a myriad of things, we'll blame shit that happened 20 years ago. Yet you still have the capacity inside of you. And I believe that that is where this idea of depression, listen, a man without purpose is a ship without a rudder. And so you show me a man who is driven towards the confirmation of his soul's identity. And I'll show you a man who has no room for depression. Mm-hmm. I don't have room for it. I don't have, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for anxiety. I don't now. Am I above those things? Oh no. Listen, I'll be the first to tell you. I've been the guy who's put a gun in his mouth and prayed for the courage to pull the trigger for seasons in my life. I I'm the guy who will tell you that I couldn't shut off my desire and need to perform and be all things to all people to the point where I had a bottle in my mouth every single night, just trying to shut off the noise. I can tell you that I understand what coping is. I can tell you what it stands to look inside uh, of your soul in a mirror and look at yourself and hate what you see. I'm fully aware of the consideration that's in front of you. But I also would have you consider that again, on the other side of that death of all of your excuses, all of your apathy, all the ways in which you've been wronged, all the people that have hurt you and every other sad story that you have, there is a line inside of you. I believe the line of the tribe of Judah. And if he is for you, there is no man, no principality, no opportunity, no setback that could be against you is bigger. And the depression, the anxiety, the frustration, all of those things occupy our soul when we don't move forward, period. How do we get started? Like, let's say guys are like, fuck yeah, man, that's me, right? Like, like I know I have more uh, capacity, a lot more capacity, yeah. right? But you got to decide who you want to become. Yeah. I mean, uh, first things first, get out a piece of paper, like it's homework time. <laughs> and you need to you need to you need to identify all the markers of your identity. I'm a husband, I'm a father, like I'm a co-parent. I've been divorced. Like I like that's a big deal to me. My co-parents are some of my our closest friends. We're together all the time. Like freaks people out. People don't understand it. But in the midst of identifying all of these markers, I'm an athlete. I I am a CEO, I'm a COO, I am all of these things. I'm a board chair, I'm a keynote speaker. I'm I'm a coach for my kid. If I am all these things, then what are the responsibilities and the implications of those things? You can say, I want to be a great husband. Oh, cool, man. Uh, great. You go join some Sunday morning Bible study and you guys can circle jerk about it. Like the real conversation is what is a great husband? Cause if you didn't see it growing up and it wasn't modeled to mm-hmm. you, yeah, you don't have a fair definition. What is a great father? What is a great, what is a loving dad? What is an athlete? I can tell you that when you can start to define and iron out what these roles require, well, then you get to put that inside of a framework. This is, this is all we do. Like mm-hmm. this is a day in, day out, man. This is my world. Distill all of that into a framework, right? You're an athlete. Well, I'm 30 pounds overweight. Well, did you ever swing a bat as a kid? Did you ever do anything as a kid? Did you ever do anything? Did you ever go hunt anything? Did you ever do anything? that required some sort of physical capability, great, then you're an athlete. And so what does an athlete do? An athlete trains in certain ways, contingent on the goals that they have in front of them. An athlete eats certain things, drinks certain things, doesn't drink other things, means you're going to have to put the bottle down probably, right? Like we're going to have to stop self-medicating. 
If you're a great, present, loving dad, what does that mean? What do you do on a daily basis? If you're a thriving business owner, or you work a nine to five, or you're professional in some capacity, you're wanting to grow financially, what will that require of you? What will you need to say yes to and say no to? If you're a loving husband, spouse, partner, what are the implications of that? What does that mean? It's not just about what you intend to do. Are you romancing your wife? You adhering to weekly date nights? You spending time weekly focused with each one of your kids? Right? I don't care how much time because you can, you can be spending all the time in the world on your phone and completely absent and distracted. That's what I'm talking about. Focused, intentional time. Mm-hmm. Are you setting yeah. a standard? Well, well, my wife's gained weight and I don't want to have sex with her. Look at you, fat ass. Do you think she <laughs> wants to have sex with you? Right? Like, and I, there's, no, there's no judgment towards this. Like people hear me and they're like, well, you're so judgmental. No, I'm just, facts and feelings are different things. If you're finding that your relationship is not intimate, take a look in the, like, when was the last time you romanced your wife? And also, do you look the same that you did when you guys started dating? Have you let yourself go a little bit? Because if so, maybe tighten some shit up. Maybe she wants you again. Like, all of these decisions have implications behind them. Right? And so before you say, oh, well, it's easy for you. Is it? Is it so easy for me? I do more in my day than you probably do in a month. No, now again, it's just a conversation of capacity and training myself and creating disciplines, hiring well and building, focusing on education and development every single day, two hours a day. I am learning. Like, and I'm 40 years old. I'm never going to stop. Why? Because Jeffersons are learners. That's who we are. It's what we do. Well, are you happy? I'm, I'm, I'm me. Are you sad? I'm me. I don't navigate based on emotional contingencies. Otherwise, I'm just chasing dopamine 24-7. I'm nothing more than a confirmation of my habits. If I say I'm these things, confidence is built on the back of keeping your word to yourself towards a common vision. Because if your confidence is only built by what people say about you, you will die by the criticism. So do the shit you say you're going to do, dad. Period. Be the man that you know that you're called to be. Period. Which means that you're going to have to audit your environment. You're going to have to audit your relationships. You're going to have to audit your time. You're going to have to audit your responsibilities. You're probably going to need to start hanging out with different people so you can get different results, which is why we have the mastermind we have. You're probably going to have to start hanging out in different places because the bar you've been hanging out with for the past 20 years probably ain't getting it done for you. You're probably going to need to put yourself in different scenarios with people who are like-minded who will push you past your propensity to stay stuck. Period. Yeah, I I love identity, right? So I think that's that's really the core of it, right? Is who do you want to be, right? Who yeah, do you and then be? what's that require? Exactly. What 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 values are are going to be required? What decisions are going to yeah. be required? What is that? There's always be, a gap, right? It's just mm-hmm. like just solve the gap. Is it a financial mm-hmm. gap? Is it a relationship gap? Is it a value gap? Is it an integrity gap? Is it like where where's the what is the gap? close the gap. If you don't know how to close the gap, then you hire someone or put yourself in a scenario or an environment where you're around people who have already closed that gap so they can show you how to close the gap faster, period. This Mm -hmm. is just, this is not complicated. We like to make it complicated so that it gives us a reason to stay where we are. Mm -hmm. You don't understand my scenario, do I not? I've walked with people for 25 years. Please shock me. Hey guys, pause in the episode with Cody for just a second to let you know about our Epic Dad crew. We are officially open for enrollment in July of this year and taking on new absolute savages to add to our group of dads that are all on the same journey to become the best that they can be in their body, in their relationships, in their mind, in their finances. Now, the Epic Dad crew is really just a group of dads that are all on the same mission. Uh, What we do is we provide accountability, we provide coaching, we provide mentorship, all within the platform of the Epic Dad Crew. So what we're going to do is help you get crystal clear on your purpose, your vision, your values, your identity, and then really help you get clear on what goals you need to set to create that or to make that vision a reality for you, and then also help you build the habits and discipline that's necessary for success in every area of life. So if you have been looking for a group of like-minded, savage dads, if that has been something that has been missing from your network, then I invite you to go ahead and apply for the Epic Dad Crew. Go ahead and hop on a strategy call uh, with myself and my team. Uh, see if it's a good fit for you. And we would love to have you join the crew and see you on the inside. <laughs>
No, I think like this part of the conversation is awesome, man. Um, I think at its core, right, like you talked about, is identity. Who do you want to be? And then close that gap, right? And I think, but before we can become the leader that we we know we should be, right, for our family, we already talked about we got to work on ourselves, right? But let's say we're we're doing those things, right? We're making yeah. progress. Like, how do we yeah. how do we then bridge the gap to you know being a better father as a leader? Like, how does leadership show up in the home? Like in, in, in more of us just leading ourselves to become better, right? Like how do we then become the leader for our family? So it is my belief that as you continue to lead yourself, right, that bleeds over into every area. Because once you start becoming aware, you know, you start to become aware of what those around you are actually needing. The ego is always trying to prove itself right. And Again, the brain doesn't care about what you want so much as it it is concerned with like just confirming patterns. And so if you had an absent dad or if you had a dad that wasn't emotionally present or wasn't really, you know, physically present in a way that was healthy, then you'll write all the the reasons why you're not off on your dad. But when you become aware and you start to heal that, now recognize sometimes where you're at, like there are seasons where like you don't have 110% of gumption to give. Some days it's like, I mean, I'm, I, listen, I, I got out of bed and I haven't drank for two days and I didn't think about killing myself yesterday. So that's good. That's a good, that's a great place to be. So recognizing where you're at and getting really honest with that and then finding objective accountability to be truthful about it. Cause you can be honest with yourself and not be telling the truth. And inside of that, then, you start, it's a very interesting proposition because you start to see once you start to become aware and start to get healthy, you start to see your kid as a little you. Mm-hmm. And you start to recognize like, oh, shoot, if I don't transform this pain, I'm going to transmit it straight to my kid. And you recognize the ways that you already have. Mm-hmm. And you recognize the ways in which their personalities mirror yours. And you're like, man, I don't want you to become addicted to affirmation like I did. I don't want you seeking my approval like I sought approval my entire life. How can I heal that? Not what did I need as a kid? What do you mm-hmm. need? Because I'm not a little kid anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? It's time to put away childish things. But how do I nurture you? How do I see the strengths and giftings inside of you? And how do I help you become all that you can be? Recognizing that your potential isn't something you need to live up to for me. It's a promise that God's given you that you get to live through. And how do I foster that in a way that's healthy and meaningful on a daily basis? Yeah, it's... Parenting man is is the most rewarding. It's my like, favorite thing, man. A- anxiety ridden, like stressful thing you yeah. could ever imagine, man. And and I'm right there with you. Like I, I I ask my question constantly. Like, am I am I just like fucking up my kids? Like, what am I doing? You know, um, we all are. It's just like we want to do it as little as possible. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and so like that affirmation seeking thing. I think that that's a big one too. Like. Sure. Like for me, right? I think I, I love the attaboy, right? And that's because of, of the way that I was I was I was raised, right? Yep. Was always kind of competing, you know, being told yep. I did a great job, like when I when I succeeded, right? Um, and then being beat down when I didn't, right? And so I'm always looking for that approval. And I see that in my kids, right? And and I I try to, you know, to make sure that I am um trying to change that with them, right? Of, of making sure they understand that I'm proud of them, like regardless of, of the situation, yeah. right? And so, you know, I've adopted these little habits of, you know, saying these things with them every night, right? Like, like, hey, I'm, I'm proud of you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're mine. And like, you know, not that like, you know, you're perfect or anything like this, you know, gushy yeah. stuff or whatever, but, um, but it's to try to do that, right? And like when they have a painting or something and they say, oh, dad, are you proud of me? Like, of course, I'm gonna say yes. But like, but more importantly, like, are you proud of it? Right? Yeah. Like, did you give it your best effort? You know, and so I think it's trying to like, be intentional enough um, in the moment to, not necessarily try to, you know, overcome things that you had as a child, no. like you're talking about, but, but just to try I do to bring, bring them up right, man, you know, I, I do every night, you know, every night I say the same thing to my son. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love who you are. I'm proud of who you are. I'm proud of the man that you're becoming and I'm proud to be your dad. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think kids ultimately, they, you know, they need our, our love, our support. Yeah. Um, you know, well, and, and the, the, the sweet thing is that he'll come back every night. He's like, well, proud to be your son, dad. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? That's like, just a cry session every night. <laughs> that's a big, it's a big deal, which then means like, 
you know, the conversation of motivation and I'm just not driven or just don't have it in me today. Like, I don't have that. I don't, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm called to. And I know the eyes that are watching me. And that's a pressure I gladly take on. Mm -hmm. um, not as an obligation, but as an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think it's, um, you know, it's one of the things that keeps us up at night as dads for sure, right? Is, hey, am I, am I doing this right? You know, am I fulfilling my potential as a father? Um, you know, am I messing my kids up or am I building them up, right? Um, you know, it's, it, but I think if you're having those thoughts, then you're on the right track as a for father, sure. right? You know? Well, and hopefully they're minimizing some with the extent that you are becoming clearer on who you are mm -hmm. and mitigating you know, the risk of, you know, being emotionally unstable or financially unstable or physically unstable to do as much as you can, but you know, like, um, you know, if we're consistently mitigating that risk, then the staying up all night, wondering if we're messing our kids up, or if we're doing the right thing should like, that doesn't keep me up. Mm -hmm. What keeps me up is all of the intangibles of what could happen to my kid when he's not with me because I've buried so many people in my life. So mm -hmm. I have a, I have a fairly not neurotic. Some would probably call it that. Um, I just have a very acute awareness of the finality of life. And so my intentionality is just a little bit more heightened. Um, my wife would say that I'm highly sentimental about everything. Uh, and that's, I've just lost too many people. Mm -hmm. to take anything for granted specifically to take my breath for granted when i've got you know a younger sister and a niece and a best friend and countless other relatives a mother-in-law a stepmom that will they will never take a breath again mm -hmm. yeah I don't, I don't have the i don't have the gift of um naivety mm -hmm. yeah man um so i want to kind of take your, your four pillars, right? So we talked about identity a little bit and defining yep. the, the person you want to be. Um, and then I would imagine you, you kind of take that, that definition, right? And you start to work on your four pillars. And so one that really struck me was habit, because I think sure. ultimately we are a summation of, of the habits that we, mm -hmm. you know, that, that we build for ourselves. That's so as, as guys are in your program, as guys are starting to make progress, like what are some of the, the habits that you would recommend that they start to, and it, it may vary, right? Depending upon what the goals are, et cetera. Sure. You know, but are, are there things that you do on a daily basis that have become a habit that are helping to set you up for success and in, in leadership and in life? Yeah. I mean, it, it would be, it would be nothing that's so earth shattering that you haven't heard a hundred million times yeah. from everybody on the internet. Um, I would say mine are not, I don't know, like I'm not so like, balls deep in the rituals of yeah like 30 like, different things before yeah before it's not my jam uh but you know i wake up and every morning i'm just i'm grateful to wake up tell my wife i love her kiss her on the forehead i get up she's not a morning person i am uh <laughs> she's really not she's not like really even like christian before 8 a.m so uh, <laughs> yeah it sounds familiar <laughs> so uh, man i get up um i like again no real cool like I cold plunge for three minutes while spinning in a circle and, you know, whatever I, I, I wake up, you know, I give gratitude. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful for everything that I have in my life, um, genuinely. And uh, I come in my office and I look over emails and I get a little bit of work done and make sure there's no fires to put out. I'm involved in a lot of companies and uh, they're in a multitude of verticals. And so my responsibilities are spread and so I want to make sure that as I go into my day, I have a very, very clear understanding of what we're going to be tackling outside of what is already contingent inside of my day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, on Sundays, I plan my whole week. And a lot of those things are going to be recurring because we have board meetings and coaching calls and, and things that um, company meetings and staff meetings. So all of those are recurring. So those all just stay put unless I'm traveling, speaking, and then I'm, you know, moving things around. Um consistent with what it is that I have going on on my travel schedule. So outside of that, right? Like every morning, one of the things that I, I tell our guys is anything that is personal to you, put it on the calendar first. Yeah. Schedule it. Um, during the school year, I schedule the days that I go have lunch with my son and my stepson. Um, that's always scheduled. I schedule date nights. Those are always scheduled. Typically always on the same night. Uh, just with our schedules, it helps because we're in the boys are in so many sports. So <clears throat> that's useful. 
I go to the gym every morning. I go to, I'm at the gym at 5.15 every morning. It's not because that's a magic hour. Uh, it's really just because I wake up around 4, 4.15. Not magic, not because the book told me. I'm from Oklahoma, which you can probably hear my voice a little bit. I grew up in the country. It's about the time you start shoveling horse shit in the morning. So I've just, we, when you're out, it's just the way I was raised. And so we just always gotten up that early. And um, so, and when I wake up um, again, it's, I've got, you know, ADHD, they say, uh, which I feel like is a superpower. So like when I wake up, all 12 of those squirrels inside of my brain have already done about two rails of Coke on a three-day bender in Vegas. So I'm ready to go. I don't need caffeine. I'm just ready. And so I, I get through a little bit of work, make sure there's no fires to put out, make sure that my team has everything they need for the day. Uh, I read about uh, 20 minutes um, and that's just going to be uh, Proverbs. So I'll read and, and kind of just meditate on that. Just kind of give a mind, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing crazy. Um, then I go to the gym. And again, I go to the gym in the mornings. It's actually not my favorite time to go because mm -hmm. um, my body's not real warm. I would agree with you there. Mm -hmm. But uh, but if, if I don't do like the afternoon, yeah, the day, the, yeah, the day gets away. So yeah, and then you push it in at night, and yeah, yeah. So for anyone who's like, it, it's not because it's so reg. It's it's literally because if I don't, something always comes up. So I if I get it done in the morning, I know it's done. So I come back. We have breakfast as a family. Um, that's a big deal for us where, you know, bacon, eggs, like just straight up country breakfast every day. Um, come back into my daily routine, which is basically just whatever my day consists of. Um, I have a few hacks, right? So if I'm not on calls, I have a treadmill under my desk. So I'm usually walking while listening to white noise while I work. Mm -hmm. That's just a, that way. Every squirrel in my head has something it's focused on. <laughs> Yeah, I love like genuinely, because if I just sit here trying to work out, my brain will go a hundred different directions. Like I'll start thinking about squirrels and then I'll think about oak trees and then I'll think about pecan trees and walnuts and how I could really use a pecan pie right now. And I really love the pecan pie that my grandma used to make. And it was also my grandfather's favorite. And I really miss Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving is coming. It's just how and it's, you're just done. <laughs> and that's my brain. So if I have different things focused, I also work in 15 minute increments. Uh, so anything that I'm really is in front of me for the day, uh, those go in 15 to 30 minute time blocks. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, it's just useful for me. Nothing I do really takes more than 30 minutes. If it does, I'll block it into two uh, different opportunities so that I give myself a little bit of a breather. Outside of that, wrap my day, during the school year, wrap my day up around 3.30 so we can pick kids up. We've got afternoon activities, jujitsu, baseball, wrestling, all the things. So outside of that, man, we... Uh, you know, we do, we do dinner together as a family. We, um, have the wind down, you know, time where it's just, you know, family time, no phones, no anything. I do keep little notebooks, um, around the house. So I have one in the living room. I have one in our bedroom. Um, I have one in my office. And that's because if I have an idea of something shoots in my head, if mm. it, if I don't do something with it, like I'll, crazy. I'll focus on it. Um, but I also don't want to open my phone because if I open my phone, when notifications are silenced, then I get all the notifications and then my brain is flooded with dopamine and I want to check them all, you know, it's like Pokemon. I just want to catch them all. So I just leave that alone. So I just have little notebooks around that I write things in. So that's it. Yeah. Nothing too complicated, man. I think we, nothing we too complicated. Yeah. We oftentimes nope. try to overcomplicate it. Right. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of that too. of trying to be like, all right, I'm gonna cram 40 different things in you know, before 5am, etc. But I found man, it, it simple is best, right. And the, the most important thing to me, uh, and I think that I would advise all dads to do is have some time in the morning, man, before your family wakes up, right. Is, it's quiet, man. It's so peaceful. Yeah. yeah. And if you're like, I'm not a morning person, I'm like, shut up. You just don't wake up. You don't need discipline. <laughs> Nobody's a morning yeah. person. Like just go. I've got a, a spiritual gift that uh, if I lay on the couch around 9pm, it doesn't matter what I will fall asleep. <laughs> um it doesn't like it's one of sarah's like <laughs> she does not love it uh it's a running joke so you know we we're usually in bed by 9 30 and uh which is great and so that that's just our routine and our schedule um kids go to bed around 8 30 or 9 so mm -hmm. we we have a little bit of time to ourselves and then 9 30 10 we're in bed yeah, I think, yeah, man, simple is best, something that is sustainable, right? And if you get thrown off, 
it's not going to drive you crazy because you didn't get everything done. I think is important because then it's going to yeah. cause more stress and anxiety, right? Of like, yeah. oh, my and kid was up, but I got I missed my cold bath, and I, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like now you're more stressed, right? Well, and I'll say, you know, some things that some other like hacks, I guess you could call them. Like, I wear black every day. Um, my closet is yeah. all black. And so that really is just, I don't have, like, I don't think about what I wear. I can just pick anything and it all matches. Um, we meal prep. So my wife actually competes, um, NPC. So we're, we just prep all of our meals. It's very easy, consistent for us. So I eat the same thing every single day. Um, I don't have, I'm on a schedule. I don't have to think about it. So I'm always hitting my macros, um, that you know, your mileage may vary with that. I mean, you guys may do different things and whatever, but I found that the more, consistency i can create in my life the more freedom i find mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it opens up a lot more bandwidth to think about other things right yeah things about um so you've got you've got one son one stepson is that right yep okay how old is your son eight eight okay okay i've got uh i've got two girls uh seven and five and then a son that's uh 16 months nice um so never thought i'd have a boy i thought for sure we were gonna be three pete on the girls you know yeah. so um but uh yeah and here i am man and that, that really opened up my eyes to like that conversation we were having earlier, right? Of like, you know, hey, I want to be the best that I can be. I want to raise him right, but I know that I've got to work on myself, right? And, yeah. and and for that, it was like, okay, well, cool. What do I want to be? What does a man look like? Like, what ideal, what ideals and values am I trying to instill in him uh, to to make him, you know, to grow him up from a child, you know, a, a baby to a child, child to a man? Um, but I'm like, ultimately, what are we driving towards? Those that kind of helped me really flush out and put a framework around like what are the four pillars, right? Of of, of like what, what a man is. And so now right. we've got a target to aim towards, right? And so we know right. like, this is what a man does. But one of the things that I've been thinking through though is like, um, one of the things that we're missing, I think in, in masculine society that we've had for thousands of years that we don't anymore is kind of the, you know, rituals, right? Like a coming into manhood and like- Yeah, there's no your, rite of passage. Yeah, depending upon your religion, like you might have something like that. Um, yeah. But that's something that I've been thinking about. And like, he's only 16 months, right? I've got a little while, but- um i've already started thinking about like okay cool like at what points in his life you know do we celebrate him you know, getting older becoming more of a man like what does that look like so like have you have you done anything ar around rituals or you know rites of passage for your son yes and no nothing so drastic as to call it a rite of passage mm -hmm. uh but certainly there are markers on the road to what i would call adulthood mm -hmm. uh, that i'm very very mindful of and there are certain keyframes and responsibilities and challenges that I put in front of him uh, to help him learn how to become a man. Because again, like our situation is very, very different. I grew up in a trailer. Like I grew, grew up very low middle class. Uh, I loved, I, listen, I, I loved my childhood. I had a great childhood. My dad worked a lot and uh, my grandparents really raised us. My, I was in a true single parent home. My own parents, of course, I was a little kid and lived with my dad and, um, so we didn't really have much of anything. Now, what we had, we were very grateful for. And, you know, we just did a lot of hood rat stuff when we were kids. I've got a little brother. That's all we did. But now, you know, with the financial freedom that I have and the ways in which I've cultivated uh, what many would call, you know, significant success in my life financially, um, it's interesting because my son doesn't share the same struggles that I shared. And he doesn't share any of the struggles of a dad who works all the time, uh, because I don't, I'm involved in a lot of things, but I also have great teams and I have very, very strong boundaries. And so my family, everything revolves around my family. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, I'm not one to sacrifice my soul on the altar of success. And so in that it's like, ah, like, I don't want to make him soft. I don't want to just give him everything. So you have to manufacture and create certain hardships and ways to fight through and overcome. That's why I love sports. He, you know, he wrestles and I wrestled and, and that, you know, I think sports specifically physical combat sports are something that every young man should be a part of learn how to defend himself and protect his family and protect the people that he loves. Um, you know, there's not been a deal that I haven't signed, no equity position, anything else that my son hasn't been part of. So he understands the game. Okay. Mm -hmm. he, he understands uh, financial literacy, um, not what you would learn in school, but the actual <laughs> ins yeah. and outs of how to build sustainable wealth and how to solve big problems. I mean, that's, that's one of our, you know, I've been, you've been hearing me say like, I'm a Jefferson, this is who we are. This is what we do. Yeah. We live by a code um, of conduct and ethics and identity. 
And so he'll, it's nothing for him to come in my office when I'm working. And uh, if I'm, you know, if I look a little bit like I'm trying to figure something out and I'm specifically if I'm out my whiteboard, it's typically because I'm looking at something inside of the, in, the internal structure of a company and we're looking to grow it or looking to stabilize. And he'll say, you look stressed. I'm like, a little bit. He's like, what are you working on? And I'm like, you know, so I'll tell him, I was like, I've just never been here, man. Like, so we're, we're, we're navigating through some complexities. Like good thing. Jefferson solved big problems. Yeah, I love that. Right. So learning, <laughs> learning how to solve problems efficiently and effectively, not assigning your identity to either solving or not solving a problem in the moment, but really looking towards, you know, solutions rather than, you know, uh, some sort of external validation of dopamine. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, again, it goes back to that, that identity, right? And I think it's, yeah. it's important that we craft that for ourselves, but I think it's just as important that we craft that value set and that identity for yeah. our family, you know? Um, and, and we have the same thing, right? We have, you know, camps, we, we have like, you know, camps are kind, camps are brave, camps are strong, right? You know, and, and camps do the hard things, we do the right things, we do the fun things. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what we get, right? And, and you know, I'll, I'll, same thing, I'll have my daughters come up to me and say that, you know, and, and it's awesome. And, and they identify as that, which is so cool. It's like, they're, they're scared to go do something, right? Yeah. Prime example, we were um, on vacation last week. And uh, my, my oldest daughter, is old enough now to go down like the big kid slides, right? Like right, the water, yeah. the water slides. And uh, there's one that was a straight, kind of a straight down one, not really like a, a huge one. It's still a kid's water park, but you know, it's like, it's pretty scary, right? You know, you're, sure. you're 50 feet up in the air, it goes down like this. And, uh, mm-hmm. and she was scared to do it. And I was like, Hey, what, you know, we're camps. What, what do we do? You know? And she was like, well, we're, we're, we're brave. And I was like, yeah, camps are brave. Right. And then bam, she just went up and did it. Cause like she, you know, could say she's camp and that's what camps do. And uh, it's just awesome to, to see her kind of identify that, right? You know, in, in herself, and, and so cool, man. I love it. I love it. So, well, um, well, Cody, man, I know you you uh you got a jam packed schedule, man. Um, if you had to leave our listeners, right, our, our dads, with with one thing, um, you know, that you would say either to get started on or something for them to noodle on that is really going to help move the needle for them, what what would that be? Again, going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier of just getting out a piece of paper mm. and writing down who you really want to become and then taking a, an objective look. There, there's no reason to assign feelings to anything. What's working? What isn't working? What's getting you what you want or closer to what you want? What isn't? And don't be afraid to cut off those dead branches because, you know, the tree can't grow when it's being choked out by death. So recognizing that again we we assign a lot of emotion to things and a lot mm-hmm. of feelings that they just don't necessarily belong there save your feelings for the things that are, are good and whole in your life right like business finances all these things they create stress and all this stuff based on how we feel about it but your business if you're a business owner or you're you're in business or professional life like it's not stressed about you mm-hmm. money isn't thinking about you it's not stressed about you and the idea that there's not enough of it to go around, we literally printed more money in the past two years. There's more money than there's ever been in the ex- in the history of the world. There's more than there's ever been. It really is just what what is the gap and what needs to happen to close that gap. We help men close the gap every day, man. I, c- I could tell you so many stories that are absolutely incredible. And, you know, I started what we do now, not because I needed the extra revenue or not because of anything like that. It was like, I'm, I'm busy enough in company. Like I've, I've done well, but I just, I, I would speak at so many masterminds and speak at so many conferences. And it's like, it all becomes like a big circle jerk of like, who's doing better and who's got, you know, the bigger, badder sports cars and everything else. Or it was like, come meet celebrities who like give a shit about you, but you get to post them on the internet, which is so weird to me. I'm like, where is the spot where like we get actual frameworks, accountability? Like, I want you to be shredded. Like, I want you to be in the best shape of your life. I want you to have more sex than you've ever had with your spouse, right? I want you to to have the most dynamic relationship with your kids and not only your kids, but I also want you to be setting the standard for all all those little boys and girls inside of the school that your kids attend. Don't have dads to do that. It's not, it's not just your kids. You change a kid for sure let it start with yours. But man, the responsibility goes past that. It takes a village. So recognize that, you know, what got you here won't get you where you want to go. 
Mm-hmm. So unapologetically, non-emotionally, what's working, what isn't, then getting objective and saying, okay, where do I need to be? Who do I need to surround myself with? You know, it doesn't have to be that complex or complicated, but who actually has what you want, right? It's not just who's a good person, right? Because I can hang out like, no offense, yeah, I was a pastor for 13 years. I can hang out with a lot of great people at church. None of them have what I want. Mm-hmm. They don't. That's okay. Right? Like, and now some of my mentors have what I want in specific areas. Right? But when I look at the whole, I'm looking at, great, you, you have a great marriage. You've been married for 30 years. That's awesome. But you worked in the same job for like 30 of those years and you made like 50 grand. That's cool. I'm like, where's the guys who have been married for 30 years who have built and exited companies that are now in venture capital and their kids still love them and still go, you know, by the gender that they were born as and <laughs> uh, love Jesus. Like where are those people at? Nothing against the others. It's just for my values and for yeah, my what, what ethics, do I want? Mm. this is what I want. You can want something else. Totally fine. I don't hate you for it. I'm not anti whatever you are. I'm just saying, as for me and my house, this is who we are and this is what we do. So, you know, I've been, my, my secret, my secret is one, I got a call on, I got a call by God that no man can take from me. Two, I don't give a shit if my confidence makes you insecure. You can work on that yourself. God's doing way too much through me to play small. I don't care. Three, I strategically put myself in scenarios where I will grow. I don't want to be the top of the room. I don't like, let me be like in like the bottom third, right? So that I have room to grow. I don't want to be at the very bottom. You know what I mean? You don't want to be that guy, but like, let me be in the middle somewhere. And in a world full of here I am, people be a there you are person. You, as Zig Ziglar says, you help enough people get what they want. You will never have to worry about getting what you want. And so there is, I I will tell you that if you're listening to this, there is far more inside of you. And some of you, you fully recognize that and understand that. And so it's not a conversation if something's possible. It absolutely is possible. I'm living proof of that. 2016, I was making 30 grand a year as pastor. Please tell me what's not possible. And I was about 125 pounds. I'm 175 pounds yoked now, right? amazing family, amazing relationship with God that never left. Um, you know, financially, I'm, I, I, I couldn't, I would not have ever imagined where I'm at as possible. Now I think I'm just getting started. Um, everything shifts and what used to be ceilings now become floors. And so it's all possible, but the plausibility is contingent on you getting very real with yourself and unapologetically going after everything that you feel God is calling you to in this moment. It will cost you relationships, promise you. It'll cost you relationships inside of your own family. It'll cost you relationships inside your church. It'll cost you relationships that you've had for decades because people need to see you as you've always been. And people need to see you occupying a particular role because you're a supporting character in the play of their life. But again, so long as you as you vie for their support, you'll die by their criticism. And you're going to die either way. That, again, like the one thing that we all have in common is that we're all going to die. It's, it's, it's just, there's been one dude that's beat it. <laughs> and outside of that, I don't think, I don't think we, I don't think we got that sauce. Yeah. So man, greatest gift you give your family is showing what's possible and showing what's possible with joy and ease and lightness. That doesn't mean that it's always easy, but I can tell you more times than not, it is pretty simple. Yeah, dude, you guys just got the freaking sermon from Cody, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna have to, uh, you know, put this one on on uh, on rewind, guys, and go, you know, jot it down. Um, Cody, man, dude, thank you so yeah. much for. Thank you for coming on first of all, and then, you know, for everything you're putting out in, in the world, man, um, you know, your message, your, your vision, uh, the value that you're bringing on is, is incredible. It is what guys need. Uh, it is what dads need specifically. Cause again, our, our mission at, at our company is to, to change the culture. Right. And it starts with one dad. That's um, it, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Starts That's with it. one. So, 
um guys so hey, hey go check out cody um uh I'll, I'll drop links to uh instagram and all that stuff if you guys want to go check out embrace the lion where, where should they head to cody www.etlroundtable.com there you go you got it um there's I'll, a seat uh, for you there's a seat <laughs> for you i'll i'll uh, i'll do the links in the description things like that guys you guys go definitely check out cody give him a follow give, give him some love um and uh cody look forward to staying connected man Absolutely. um and uh and seeing what you got in store you know for, for the next 12 months brother likewise any way i so, can serve you and support you man just let me know i appreciate it, brother well hey guys that's it um go ahead and drop us a review a like a comment a share whatever if you got any value from this episode um you know show the love so with that guys uh we'll wrap and we'll see you on the next episode